In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and don't go gently, y'all. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Reel Down. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to, once again, the Bass Guy. Oh, brother. This is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Paladin. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Pal and Finn Podcast. I am your co-host, Sean. And I'm Susie Q. Welcome back, Susie. How was uh, how was your holidays? It was uh, it was pretty good. It uh, you know it always goes by way too fast. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yeah, overall it was uh, pretty good. Um, the weather wasn't too horrible, except for today it started raining. But like uh, Saturday was just beautiful. It was like fifty five or something like that. So I was just like, man, this is nice. Yeah, yeah, I think it actually got in the 50s here too, so. Nice. Yeah, I, I got uh, got out on the water a little bit, didn't do very well. Uh, fished for six hours or so and no bites, so that was a little frustrating. Uh, but uh, but it was still beautiful, and uh, I was thinking I, the next time I would go out, I'd have to wear my dry suit, so I was happy mm. I didn't have to bust that out quite yet. Um, <laughs> probably was riding the line between uh, needing it and not needing it because the water temperature's we're in the 30 or like high 30s. So, right. Um, yeah. Uh, don't, uh, don't do as I say, not as I do. I'll just throw that out there. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. Probably, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll probably be wearing it next time. So nice. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, took a little drive to Banner, uh, yesterday because it was so nice and I was very curious about the conditions and everything. And, I was quite surprised at like the water level. It was like probably six to eight foot, like below normal. So I was just like, man, this is crazy. I don't think I've seen it that low before. So 
Hopefully hmm. we get some much needed uh, rain and snow and whatnot this winter. So we can come back and have an awesome spring. So cool. Cool. All right. Well, um, I wanted to take a chance or take a, a second and introduce uh, our guest for tonight. Um, uh, I'd reached out to Brian and, and uh, mentioned to him that we were looking for a guest for this week. And he's like, you know what? I, I have an idea of someone you can reach out to. And um, uh, so he gave me uh, our guest's uh, contact information. I reached out to him and he said, sure, I'll come on. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Buzz Byron to the show. Hey, y'all. Good to, good to be welcome, here. Thanks, thanks a lot for inviting me. Thanks for coming on. Can you? Yeah, my pleasure. No problem. And and did I say that right? I, that's always the one of the questions that I forget to ask in the green room is, how do you say your name? So my, my last name is um, Berline is how you pronounce it. I think Berline. I should just take the E out and people would <laughs> people would figure that out. But, but uh, you know, family tradition. And my real name is Henry, but uh, my nickname starts or nicknames all start in my family with B. And so I was named after Buzz Aldrin. And uh, now I'm in, in Florida, close to the, to the space there you coast. Go. That's nice. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I hate to ask what the other names are, but uh, did you, <laughs> were, were you happy with the buzz? You know, is there uh, could have been worse kind of thing? You know, my sister, my older sister teased me a lot when I was a kid about, you know, fuzzy buzzy had no hair. And, and <laughs> now it's really true. <laughs> so Been there, but, man. Uh, yeah, there you go. And then... Uh, but when the movie Buzz, with Buzz Lightyear came out, of course, that made it uh, much more palatable for me. And, yeah, I get, you know, buzzsaw. You know, people get called hammers all the time. So I just prefer buzzsaw. That'd be fine. There you go. Yeah. So um, um, Brian mentioned a little bit to me about you. Just uh, He's like, oh, yeah, he's a guide in Florida. So, um, But I, I figured we could uh, dive into a little bit about how you got this far and and uh, what brought you uh to paddle and fin this evening so yeah no um yeah i appreciate that uh i really got started kind of late late in the game you know sean you were you and i were talking before that we started kayak fishing um or maybe even fishing i don't i don't recall your whole story but um i lived in central illinois kind of in corn country and there wasn't any big lakes or anything like that around and for various reasons, I didn't grow up fishing that much. My my parents would take me to um, a little county park and we'd do bluegill fishing. And I just loved it. Like, it was awesome. But it was quite a ways from our house. And, of course, I'd watch Bill dance, you know, on Saturdays and always want to go out. But we did, really didn't have anybody close in our family who did a lot of bass fishing or anything. So it wasn't until college when I uh, went to college here at the University of Florida in, uh, before I even got a spinning reels and then with work and so forth, I didn't, I didn't really start picking up and it was always on the shore. Um, I didn't matter of fact, I can count on one hand how many times I've been in a boat. Um, but, uh, outside of, you know, I will now and then about once or twice a year, I'll take a guided trip with somebody, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah. So when I lived in Richmond, Virginia for a short time for a job, we, think you might have froze up are you guys still there yeah we're here there we go (laughs) yeah there you're back if that if that happens that's cool we'll just go with it we'll fill the air until you get back so it it happens okay sure so in 2015 
lived on a lake in um, outside of Richmond and purchased uh, my new canoe uh, for the first time. I did a lot of research online and then after that it was became an addiction. Like my wife thought I was, she became a, a you know, bass fishing widow. That's what she said. She never <laughs> saw me again. You know, we were on an 80 acre lake. There's only like 20 houses, not even that on the whole lake. So, you know, busy Saturday was another canoe or something like that on the lake. And, <laughs> and that sounds uh, like heaven. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was absolutely heaven. It was very hard to leave. We, we moved away. We went to Ohio. I worked in the zoo field for um, quite a while. And then after COVID, we moved back down here to Gainesville. And, and I always, you know, just loved being in the kayak, that outdoor experience. And um, I have an ecology degree here uh, from the University of Florida, a graduate degree. So it all started working out together when we came back to my wife's hometown here in Gainesville, Florida, North Central Florida that I thought I'd start, you know, a side hustle as a, as a guide business. And I'm a realtor. So my wife and I are realtors together. She has an interior design firm and I have a, as a fishing guide business kind of on the side hustle. So full-time job, I guess, technically is realty. I'd love it to be the opposite where <laughs> I'd have more and more business as a, as a guide and then be able to just sell a few houses. And, um, that's the whole goal, I guess. But right now realty pays the bills and, and, uh, the guide business and i do some tournament fishing and i was in the national championship last year for kbf and did pretty well there i mean it was in the, for me um but i've only really been fishing for a couple of years on on the competitive side and and that um is maybe that's why i'm perfect for the show you know because i still consider myself um a newbie you know when it when it comes down to it so i can tell I'll tell you a little bit more about my experiences and what I think and how I can help customers too. And, and uh, maybe help a few of you out there. Yeah, no, that sounds perfect. Uh, you know, what made you jump right into kayaks? Did you consider boats at all? Or, you know, you just wanted something easy to kind of get in and go or. Well, I, yeah, it was two parts. Was, number one, I was, you know, I worked in nonprofit organizations, so I didn't have a lot of money for a big boat. And then uh, secondly, the lake that I lived on was, um, uh, electric trolling motors only. So it didn't have a boat ramp where I could get into or even the other residents. So kind of had to haul it through. Uh, it was five acres on uh, of wooded acres. So I kind of had to haul it a ways. And, and, uh, and so it, it was a good fit for just where we lived. Plus, um, I like that, that up close experience, you know, um, I'm on a lot of big lakes here in Florida and I was just at Orange Lake and, you know, just uh this weekend and there's you know there's a ton of bass boats in the fog and you know i'm just trying to stay off to the side so i don't get run over and or or probably even worse of the uh, uh uh the big jet boats and fan boats i can't remember what they're called right now and i just it's not a it's not the type of experience that i like and for me going down cruising down the river on the santa fe river or chasing trophy bass on Rodman Reservoir, you know, we can get to places where these, these big boats can't. And um, that is, you know, it's more of a challenge, but I think that's the fun part too. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Now with the new canoe, are you uh, mostly paddle or uh, do you pedal motor all of the above? Great question. At being on team new canoe, I should probably say, you know, you can pedal paddle or power. Um, thank you for that, that, uh, segue there. No problem. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, 
Um, I always take a bow mount trolling motor. So even if I'm on the, uh, if whether I'm tournament fishing, I have the, I have three boats. I have the, the Flint, the Unlimited, and an F12. So I can, um, lots of advantages for me uh, and for my customers are very stable. I can put two people on, on one of the larger boats. I can just be in the Flint or whatever. But any one of those, I can always put a, a trolling motor on. And I do that because sometimes I'll have people who they uh, overestimate their fitness levels, especially if going um, upstream mm-hmm. and, or, or it's just, you know, it's Florida. So you guys are talking about 55 being your high, like we still haven't hit that as our low yet. Oh, and, t- and today was like, <laughs> today was like 80 something oh. and really hot and humid. Yeah. So, or, or just under 80, like 75. So it's, it was, yeah. So this is great. You know, that we don't have a season of fishing doesn't stop for a while. You know, I mean, I know there's ice fishing and stuff like that up there. You guys can always do that, but you know, when people talk to the dip about the different season, especially for central and North central Florida, it just continues to go on, which is, it's a that good thing. Awesome. <laughs> oh, gosh, that sounds like heaven. <laughs> it is. It's a good thing. But you know, if, if you're on the water 200, 300 days a year, I'm not yet. I mean, I would love to, um, you know, it can be, it can be tough and just in terms of your physical capabilities. I'm 53 and you know, this is a time where, you know, I started what, seven years ago, first time I ever stepped foot in a kayak and competitive fishing, you know, really the last couple of years, uh, it's a, you know, it's a physical experience in a kayak, unlike a boat. Um, I mean, outside of bouncing at 70 miles an hour, but, but it is, um, it's, it can be taxing. So, you, you, you know, you think, oh, wow, I'd love to be fishing year round. And sometimes, and it, there is a part of me that just loves it. Like I can go out anytime I want. And, and, and it's a different experience each time you go. It's still cold in North Central Florida. We get, we get freezes like three times a year, <laughs> but uh, it can, it can be taxing. It's an, it's an interesting, interesting place to be. I mean, fishing capital of the world, why not start a business down here? So Heck yeah, no, that, and yeah, it, man. if you can do that, I mean, I, I, like, I always tell people, you know, if you want to learn something, teach it, you know? And, uh, I think that's, uh, that's why I started this show and, or, well, I, why well, I joined the show, I should say. And, yeah. um, cause, uh, I figured, you know, I, I want to keep learning and I, I can't think of any better way to learn than to talk to people who really know what they're doing and kind of absorb as much as I can. Yeah. You know, if I was to give any advice to uh, a newcomer, into the and, and what has helped me as a newcomer um and you know just a i guess there's there's a few things but but the first one is just be a lifelong learner and, that, and that's really for if, if you're going to stay with fishing for a long time it's not just about oh i gotta have the tug on the line every you know every time i go out you know because you get skunked or you know you get skunked multiple days in a row it can be you know can hurt your confidence and that's what's a cool thing about fishing. It's very humbling. You know, you always, you know, you, you think you're on top of the world. You know, I got third place in this, that, together, And then you go out and you get totally skunked and you're like, oh, well, I guess I'm, I got a lot to learn. And so I think if you have that attitude, you know, you'll, you'll have a, a hobby or maybe a career for your, for your whole life. And that's the type of people I think that succeed well on my tours. Um, so I'll do, I do eco tours as well as fishing trips. And I'm the only certified Florida friendly fishing guide. Um, 
in this area uh, on a kayak. And That's awesome. um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, it, it's a just certification class done by FWC and uh, um, this, the Sea Grant program here at the University of Florida that helps people, you know, it's, I guess it's more about the environment. It's more about uh, setting habits that are, are, that are good for the environment to really support the future of fishing. And so for that, I don't. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. In every pair of Decovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that will draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis' ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. I don't do much live bait, even though I, I would. And sometimes I do, especially for newcomers, uh, uh, with kids, you know, we'll use crickets or whatever to try to try to get into the pan fish and make sure that they have a good time and try to bring lots of snacks, you know, <laughs> as well. <laughs> yep. And, and, uh, <laughs> you, know, you just provide good snacks. You're, you know, you're, you're probably going to you know, get a good tip or whatever at the end of the day for kids. But, um, but I try to do artificial and we, I don't take, you know, we don't take fish home. Um, you know, actually a guy questioned me. I said, if you really want to, maybe I will. But, but then I thought, you know, look, I, I put a lot of work in the Florida certificate, the Florida friendly program and, and they support catch and release. And I just need to, and it's easier, right? Like for, for me, I don't have to, I don't have to take it home. I don't have to flay it up for them and, and that sort of thing. And it's hard to keep live bait on a kayak for any significant period of time. And we can, you can do it, but, um, I just would, I wish, you know, there might be somebody else that I would encourage uh, people to go to if, if that's the type of experience they want. But so my customer is, is not always, you know, not always that way. If sometimes they just want to catch a trophy fish and they want their photo, we can certainly do that, but we might catch one. Um, but if you want to, if you, and, and I'll go throughout the whole state. So I do customized trips too. So if you want to go to Lake Okeechobee, we'll do that. Well, I, um, if you don't go even the panhandle Seminole or that sort of thing, I've been all over the state and that's really helped me, um, in the, uh, I, I guess, 
the the tournaments really helped me expand my own business because now I'm more familiar with other lakes and if people want that type of experience or they just want to go with me because I'm fun, we have a good time. <laughs> um, and uh, then I can customize trips for at different costs for that. But I typically go to the Santa Fe River, Robin Reservoir, which is a bass factory down here, the J- St. John's River. It's where John Cruz basically won the Yep. Uh, his the first tournament this year and then um and then uh, i'll go to orange lake which arguably is having the best year in probably 30 or 40 years they, they've caught over 110 pounders out of there this year Holy Jesus. yeah 10 pounds or above and most of those are in tournaments oh and, wow uh, that's it's crazy. funny because that can be a very fickle a, a very fickle um lake like i've gone there and got skunked but other times, you know, it's just amazing. You know, oh. Bernie Schultz was just just there. He he did some work. He does some work with, um, with uh, Yamamoto, and he took some some of their new baits out there and just wrecked them. You know, he ha- had a great time. And and Gainesville, I would think, a, as word gets around about that, it's going to be a very popular place. I know. I should have kept my mouth shut, really, but. Uh, <laughs> but it's it definitely has caught fire, and and people are. Uh, you know, people talk a lot about headwaters here in Florida and, uh, you know, that is such a tradition, you know, Roland Martin's down there guiding all the time. And, you know, it's certainly incredible, but Orange Lake has just had a, a last couple of years have just has been fantastic. And it could fall off, you know, for all I know, it could fall off the cliff um, and not, not be as well, but it, it's, it's a great place. So, and, and it's only like 25 minutes from my house, Max, same with Rodman. Same, same with some of these others. So they're all within about, you know, Panasofsky where the big, the big, uh, we just started a Florida Bass Nation in here in our, uh, a kayak series in our state this year, very ambitious program. And there's a big bass open at Panasofsky and that's an hour and seven minutes from my house. So we've got, you know, North central Florida, you, you don't hear about it as one of the best places in the state. Like you hear about central Florida and the Palm Bay area, you know, headwaters and all that. And, uh, so it is a little hidden secret and, and, you know, I like to specialize in, in little jewel fish that I call like the Suwannee bass is a really unique species that I like to specialize in. And that's on the Santa Fe river. And there's only two rivering systems in the whole world that you can find these fish. Now they're not big, you know, the, the, the largest, the world record is under four pounds, but um, they fight like a small mouth down here and on light, you know, it's an old Florida experience. You, you got them on light, uh, light line. Um, the, the spawn for them lasts a lot longer. Uh, usually goes from January to June because it's all spring fed. And so it extends the season out and they're, they're really cool. Just a really cool, beautiful fish that not a lot of people know about. So I like to, you know, that's kind of a niche I would love to try to start to build because, um, that riverine system needs some help and more and more bass people could, could, um, you know, encourage preservation of that, of that riverine system too. So I've got a YouTube page that you can see me fishing on there. So if you want to see an old, uh, an old Florida experience, you'll, you know, you can go to that Kingfisher kayak adventures. That's my name of my company. <clears throat> and, uh, you can check that out. And it sounds like definitely a, the, oh, go ahead. Sorry. What did you say those fish were called? They're called Suwannee bass. Suwannee. 
Swanee, Swanee, Suwanee. Depends if you're from the South or not. <laughs> uh, how you say it? But uh, yeah, they are. They're they're really just an amazing fish, and they feed primarily on crustaceans. And um, they'll eat other things, um, and, and that kind of leads into you know something else that I would say for for a newcomer in Florida. If you're a newcomer. All you have to do is pick up a worm and you can catch fish. Like there's so many different ways to catch fish here. But if, if I were to give any, anybody advice on artificial fishing, like to get started, how I start and, and, and how you can do well in Florida is you can grab a Senko, Texas rig Senko or a wacky worm Senko with a spinning reel. And, you know, you can have a blast all year long um, or speed worm or that sort of thing. Now I wouldn't, and surprisingly, when I get all when I got all the advice, when I was told people I really wanted to focus on Suwanee bass, you know, there everyone was like crustaceans, you know, get a little tiny crankbaits and that sort of thing. And I just went out there with the wacky worm and just wrecked them. I mean, probably fifty fish in, you know, I was during spawn too, but fifty fish in, I don't know, three or four hours. I was just, I was yeah. enough for me to just say, That's you know, a good day. okay. Yeah, this is going to be an experience I can sell for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I will say, it's, you know, in the river, just like anywhere else, it's a little more challenging because now I'm trying to teach people while they're floating away from me. Yeah. Um, we're in a lake, you know, we're sitting there in a kayak. I can, you know, hook up and we're not floating around missing fish. So you do have to have um, some sort of patience and experience and, you know, I, you know, it's funny. I always ask people if they can swim. That's, you know, it's in a boat. You usually don't have to do that, but you know, you get turned around and get a limb in the face or something, you'd be in the water. So don't worry. I have insurance, everyone. So, <laughs> well, everyone's safe. I was also going to ask you too, um, with, you know, you being in Florida and all like, how often do you encounter alligators and have you ever had problems with them or anything like that <laughs> no i mean daily i mean the answer is daily in any it, you know gainesville is the home of university of florida the florida gators so we definitely have some <laughs> there there are certain bodies of water they're more likely to see them um than others the even the santa fe river which I, to, to be honest i don't swim anywhere in florida in, in any freshwater lake like even, even in the Springs, sometimes I'll go there cause it's really clear. And I think maybe I could probably see them if they're sneaking up on me, but the Santa Fe river, um, th they're not out to get you. You know, I, I used to work in the zoo field and, um, I used to train college kids how to become zookeepers. So we worked with alligators on a regular basis. Um, and you know, being handle handling them from really small ones to 10 to 10 footers and to how to handle them safely. So, um, I don't have the same uh, kind of preconceived fears because I've been around them, right. but I do respect them. There's absolutely, I a hundred percent respect them. I don't, you know, try to bother them or feed them or that sort of, that sort of thing. So yes, yeah, so we run into them daily. Any, any little spit of water could have an alligator, you know, on the side of the road around here. And, um, you know, really uh, all the way up, you know, uh, up to North Carolina really is really where they're it's kind of the North Carolina, Virginia border. You can, you can find them, especially on the coastal areas. So, yeah. So I'm, um, yeah, I'm, 
the I say the only time Suzy Q that I'm really well, I won't I wouldn't even like go into some areas is where um kind of like August uh is when the mothers are guarding their babies. Ah, or they're guarding yep. their they're guarding their nests. So there's certain mm-hmm. areas, you know, I really keep my eyes eyes peeled. Usually hear them before you you actually see them. So you'll they'll females will start to hiss a little bit and uh you know i guess growl for lack of a better word (laughs) and uh you know then you know how to get away but you do see videos of them you know people uh of them hitting their boats or that sort of thing a lot of times the gators are just trying to get away you know that their their job is to get out of the water or get off of land and into the water and if you're just in the way they're going to hit your boat so um i've never seen one try to go into a boat or try to you know they're not trying to eat you well, Next you time you have uh, Brian, you're on a podcast with Brian. You'll have to ask him about that because he's one of the biggest. Uh, no, no, not happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people more afraid of manatees than there are alligators. Oh, my God. I would love to, like, swim with manatees, man. Like, oh, my God. That would be like heaven for it, me. <laughs> it, it's pretty cool. It's, I do a great experience in the, in, oh. at the at Ocala, really, the, the Silver River is an awesome experience. Oh. And uh, technically, you can't touch them, I, you know, yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. But I've seen I've seen people, and I've seen a couple of videos of people do this, where they didn't even know they were there. There's a whole bunch of them swimming around. In a kayak, you can kind of, you just glide up on them. Yeah. And then, then they realize you're there, and they, you know, they hit their tail. It's like hitting a 70-mile-per-hour boat, you know, slapping their tail down. And uh, and they knock all the water around and people falling out of their kayaks because of the manatees. So I, I don't see I, that with alligators. You know, alligators aren't <laughs> interested. They're going to go to the bottom, just sit there. Right. And they're they're going to get the heck out of there. Yeah. Before yeah. yeah. Unless you've got like a baby or something like that. Yeah. Then mama might get pissed, but. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you hear little babies making the noise that they do, it's kind of, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just. Sometimes I'll hear the babies or I'll see the babies and I just, I'm looking around for mama. Cause you know that at the 12 inch they're they're just born, you know, and they grow about 12 inches a year after for their first five years. And then, then they grow about an inch a year. So you learn a lot in Florida and we, and I, that's another thing, you know, an extra experience you get how to fish for certain fish down here, especially bass. But, um, you know, I try to teach people a lot about the wildlife and about, the birds and the ecosystems that they're going through and the things that I know, I don't know it all. I certainly don't. Um, but I do have an ecology degree spent uh, most of my adult life in Florida and probably can make sure people at least have a good understanding. Even if we don't have, even if we don't catch a fish, you'll have a good time. You'll see great wildlife and you'll, you'll have a, a good visual experience, but, but I like to think most of the time I can put you on some good fish. Well, it sounds like your background lends itself perfectly and, and maybe even like an experience that some, a lot of the other guides there might not have, like, or the, the background anyway. Well, and there's no kayak fishing guides in my area, so I got it locked down, you know, so there you it's, go. Uh, there you go. it's pretty, it's pretty good until somebody else picks it up, but, now, um, go ahead. I was going to say, would you say that, uh, uh, your clientele is more people looking for a different experience than the boat experience or it's a good mix or, uh, how's no, that? I, I think, you know, really, when you think about 
kayak fishing. And one of the reasons I do it is you got to have somebody who, who wants a little bit of a challenge. They want a different experience than just take me out, show me your best spots, you know, throw a shiner out there and let's catch a 10 pounder. So you, you definitely want a different experience. Um, and that's why I don't, you know, that's why I have a little niche going here. It's, it's not as popular, I would say, as, you know, um, I, I will tell you, if you want to go catch trophy fish, you know, on shiners, Sean Rush um, uh, with, um, uh, I can't remember, I think it's Rodman Expedition, Expeditions. Uh, that's that's not the right name, but is expeditions. He's a he's a guide here. I can he is awesome. Like he he does this more than three hundred days a year. He's he's he he's and he's exclusively at Rodman. He puts he's got such a client. I would love to have the ex- experience of having his his number of clientele that he does. But my experience is just way different. There's just not as many people who do it. Now the good news is I can probably charge a little bit more uh, right now. I'm don't, but um, you know, if I get more and more customers and get really, really busy, I could probably start charging a little bit more because my experience is different. And, and um, yeah, so I, I like to think I'm, it's a, it's a good fit, but I need more customers. So what, get out of the snow, come down to Florida <laughs> and, uh, vacation and, uh, down in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll put you on them. And, and we can do multiple days too. You, you can go to a trophy bass or you can get a river experience or, you know, and if you just want to go down to Disney and you want to invite a fun guy, I'm happy to go down. With you. <laughs> That's tempting. I am actually heading to Disney in June. So uh, I might oh, have to June. stop by and visit you. Yeah. Well, I would love to have you. Um, but in June, <laughs> golly, why do you want to be hot? hot? It's yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, my wife is a teacher and she didn't want to okay. go during school. Um, so, yeah. So, I All think right, well, it's uh, oh, early June, but oh, pretty goodness. much as soon All as right. school gets out. All right. Well, you'll need a break after that experience. <laughs> so go go to North Central Florida, and we'll go down a river where you'll be somewhat quiet. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Hold on. I just have to plug in my laptop because it's going to sure. die here. <laughs> Sorry about that. But, I just uh, noticed it when it faded. But, <laughs> <laughs> but Buzz, I will say, though, um, I – you know, I'm really interested in, uh, you know, these types of things as well is, um, you know, not only like the, the ecology stuff that you do, but as far as like, you know, when you're fishing, you know, your catch fish, your catch and release and whatnot, you know, that that's just as important as everything else, you know, because I mean, I think as anglers, you know, we need to still play a vital role in keeping, our fisheries, you know, clean and protected and, you know, the way that they are, or if they aren't very good, then, you know, we need to start doing more to get them better and get them, you know, to stay pristine for, you know, the next generation and after that. So, I mean, yeah, it's awesome to go out there and catch a 10 pounder, but, you know, be like, Hey, you know, you want the future generations to catch 10 pounders more. Let's, you know, let's protect this even more. So, yeah. Awesome. I, I, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I think, um, you know, just like working with any kids and I don't, this is for the adults too. You know, once they have a 10 pounder in hand, that's the emotional experience, right? So you can, if you can get a few words in besides, look at how amazing it is, just take a picture and that sort of thing. 
I think they'll remember that, but I try to get that message to them first. Like even, you know, as we're prepping, you know, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm not this total green freak sort of thing. And and there's nothing wrong with that either. Right. I just, um, what I try to do is just try to provide some, you know, some common sense and to, to help people, um, you know, just love it as much as I do. And I want it to last, you know, my, my lovely wife, Claudia and I, we don't have kids and I, and I work with a lot of kids. I do a fishing. There's university of Florida has their research ponds and they have a family fishing day every month out there for about six or seven months, part of a, an extension program at university of Florida. So for me, that is such a great experience. I go out there and volunteer and help people, you know, put fish, you know, take fish off. If they catch a turtle, I, you know, help the, you know, help the turtle, (laughs) uh, that sort of thing. But it's a really awesome experience and it really meshes in well with, uh, kind of expanding this, uh, part of kind of my, my personal need and want for people to enjoy the outdoors. I mean, I, I didn't know what I, I knew I wanted to be a leader in the, in when whatever I did and the, the zoo world was definitely an amazing part of my career. This is just another outreach for that, where I can help people enjoy the outdoors. And, um, and I just happen to love fishing. Um, and, uh, maybe it's a good thing. I didn't, um, uh, maybe it's a good thing. I didn't have the early experience of, you know, competitive bass fishing in high school or, or that sort of thing, because maybe I'd be burnt out by now. You know, I, I don't know, but, um, so you just never know how things work out that, that whole, um, I don't know that I'm going to mess up the whole quote, but the Rick Clun quote about how, you know, never believe that your best moments are behind you. You know, he's such an amazing, amazing angler and has, you know, has such a, awesome career is still enthusiastic about it in a deep into his seventies. I don't know. Sorry, Rick, if you, if you watch this, I don't know your exact age, but I'm guessing you're in your seventies. Maybe you're not deep into your seventies, but yeah, you know, I got such, such great respect for that, but it also is fitting, you know, for, for my life starting so late in the, in the, in the, uh, in the outdoor arena. And if it wasn't for folks like Blake Young at, you know, a little shout out to, to, you know, one, you know, a few of my, I wouldn't call them sponsors. They're partners, right? Nobody's paying me except for my customers to, to go fishing. So, you know, I'm just like everybody else. I, I have these awesome partners with St. Croix rods as a guide and, and new canoe. I've been on team new canoe for the last couple of years and have had great experience with them and a variety of others that I probably messed up if I forgot um, but they're on my website and check it out at kingfisherkayakadventures.com. And, uh, but those, those folks, and, and let's, I'll go back to, okay, for, for newcomers, um, those relationships and, and uh, the people that I've just got involved with in fishing, like in the kayak fishing world, I haven't been afraid to ask questions. And I would say in the kayak community, probably more than the boaters, is um the most generous group of people that i know like they they're not going to tell you every single spot you know or anything like that and i'm not i'm never asking for that but i am asking how to get better and when you see that people are really interested in and sharing 
how they caught things, what they did, what, you know, what technique they used. And uh, um, in a very short period of time, and thank goodness for the internet, um, <laughs> you know, I've been able to get a lot of, part of it is my attitude about learning, but I've been able to get so many different great skills out there and learn a lot um, from the people I've been with and online. It's been, you know, when I, when I look back in the seventies, when I asked my father, Hey, you know, I just watched Bill dance. Let's, let's go, you know, catch a big bass. He knows nothing about bass. It wasn't even in his spectrum. Right. So he's, mm -hmm. he's like, Oh, you know, I think you should go play baseball, go run around the block or something like that. You know? <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. you know, cause it, he knew what kind of effort it was going to be to, to get us out there, you know, growing up in central Illinois. So, you know, now it's a totally different story. And that's what I, I would say for newcomers. And if, if you like it, just don't be afraid to ask people. There's so many generous, especially in the kayak world, so many generous people out there that are willing to share uh, for free. You know, there's, they, they get nothing out of it except for the joy of watching somebody enjoy the outdoors. No, and I, I can definitely echo that sentiment. Um, we have heard it a ton of times. I don't know how many shows I've done, but uh, the, the kayak community is a different community. You know, it, yes. and it, it tends to be more close net. Now with every community, there's always going to be, you know, the, you know, some people that aren't that way, but across the board more often than not. Um, and that was one thing that, uh, I almost regretted not getting into it before because I went into it um, just having been a, had a little experience around, you know, people who kind of took their fishing very seriously. And I totally felt like, well, I don't want to mess up anybody or I don't want to steal anything from anybody. And uh, so I almost purposely tried to teach myself more initially than than to ask for help. And yeah. it was amazing once I first uh, finally did get over that and, and asked for help how many people were totally, Oh, oh come out with me. You know, I'll, I'll go show you this. And, um, Oh, well, this is how you use this technique or, you know, and that's totally kind of what got me started here uh, doing this was cause you know, I want to share that. I, that it's, it's such a special experience, I think to, you know, it's, it, and it's different, like you said, than, than the boat experience and, and a lot of different experiences cause you are up close and personal with nature. It's, it's a, it's a whole different level of, uh, kind of interaction. I think, um, it's like you said, it's, it's more physically, you know, it's, there's a, a physical aspect to it of, of getting to those spots and, you know, the work that it takes to do that. And, uh, just all involved. I think it's a, such a special thing. And, um, you know, I know all the hosts here at Paddle and Finn, you know, part of the reason why we do what we do is because we want people to, to, you know, feel that experience and get hooked the same way we did. And, uh, whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, 
log on, and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. You know, yeah, I mean, it sounds the, like you're right up there. So yeah, the young people really don't know how good they have it with the internet. I mean, it was it was <laughs> yes. it was once it was once a week with Bill Danson and Roland Martin, right? On on a show that hopefully you know wasn't canceled or whatever. There, there wasn't some news break or something like that on a <laughs> Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> on mine it was you know it was worse for me because at least in my central Illinois it was always on on Sunday morning. Like it was probably the worst time everyone is at church, but there's a few people at home who who were probably watching it. So if I watched that, it wasn't like I could go out the next day. It was like, I got to go to school on Monday. So I'd be asking my dad at 11 o'clock. He's like, nope, sorry, maybe next week. And then he forgets about it after that. So, yeah, with the Internet. Wow. I mean, it's and, and you know, the technology continues to grow and make it easier. And, and uh, I wouldn't say easier, but but um yeah, make it more, you know, unique accessible. and accessible. That's the right word I was looking yes. for. Yeah. Yes. So it's much more accessible than what it ever has been. And it certainly helped me starting late in the game. So now so, for, forgive me if I, if you said this and I didn't catch it, but are you originally from central Illinois? Yeah. I grew up in Danville, Illinois. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I live in Pekin. Oh yeah, that's awesome. Outside Peoria, yeah. I was just like, yep. he keeps saying Central Illinois, and I'm like, yep. <laughs> yeah. So prior to Lake Mingo being there, and it didn't, it didn't get there. It was a, it's a newer lake. There's really nothing. I mean, you, you there's nothing in East Central Illinois. No. Our own Lake Lake Vermilion. So you yeah. can go to Lake yep. Vermilion. Yep. Um, but that was um, you had to have a boat is really only, you know, all the way around. It was at the private property. You couldn't really yep. bank fish from there and that sort. So, you know, I didn't really know anybody who, you know, wanted to take me out on a boat. I wasn't really asking either. I guess I didn't, you know, as much as I loved fishing for bluegill, I didn't even understand bass fishing until even college probably. Mm-hmm. So and fortunately, I went to Same college here. here at University of Florida. You know, Shaw, Grig- Shaw Grigsby is from this area. Bernie Schultz is, you know, elite anglers are from this area. There's so many great uh, anglers in this area. And, and I, I, would, I would tell you, I mean, no disrespect to either one of those, but I think they would say, too, there's, there's anglers are probably as good or maybe even better than those guys. They're just on the club they're, they're just in their own clubs. You know, they got families to yes. feed. They're doing it a different way. They, they don't want to travel all over the country for that sort. I mean, it, it's, it is a very fertile area for fishing here that, that not a lot of people know about. And I'm, you know, I'm on, I'm here to attract people too to Alachua County. I love this County. I, you know, we spent a lot of time here. I learned after going to school here that my family had a, um, my great, great grandparents, had a, a pecan farm just down the road from, from Gainesville. Wow. And I was like, unbelievable. You know, I just, wow. I go down there and now I look at some of these pecan trees in, in the, in the community just down the road. I'm like, Oh, I wonder if, you know, grandpa Henry, you know, <laughs> own that or whatever. Right. But it's amazing. You know, sometimes, you know, you just end up being here for college and yeah, I don't know. Maybe the stars are put in place. It makes you th- it makes you think God's around, you know, watching you or your parents, your grandparents are, you know, got a smile on their face when they're up there in heaven. So absolutely. Yeah. So um 
I know uh, with your guiding experience, uh, one of the questions that I always like to ask guides is, is what do you see people, uh, common mistakes that you see people making, maybe not even, you know, new or uh, like uh, beginners, you know, even, you know, I'm sure, cause I always wonder what am I doing wrong on a regular basis that is making me a less productive angler? Yeah. You know, so fishing with the worm, you know, I, I think, you know, since I brought that up before, it's probably the first thing I would tell people. So they try to work it too much. Like, the, like they want to give it all sorts of action, you know, and, you know, that that's why I like the wacky worm. Because all you got to do is throw it out there and just let it sit there, you know, just dead stick that thing and, you know, let the, let the fish finally decide, you know, to either pick it up or not. And they're going to, they're, they're, you know, after the first shake or two, maybe two, then, you know, reel it back in and throw it out there. People think that it's so slow and yes, you know, waiting for the wacky worm to flutter down there is definitely slower than if you're throwing a, you know, a, a, a chatter bait or spinner bait or something like that. But it takes a little more technique for those. So I usually, you know, start out with, you know, worms is probably the easiest thing because people have a good chance, but they try to work it too much. And I'm, I'm guilty of that too. You know, I get in a tournament. I'm like, I gotta get moving. Oh, yeah. Getting excited, yeah. you know, you're yeah. sorry, I'm going to go. <laughs> and that, I, I was going to say the same thing. Cause uh, that, you know, uh, the folks who've listened to this uh, channel for a while know the wacky worm was my first confidence bait. Yeah. Um, but even I was totally guilty of screwing that up, especially, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, six o'clock and the sun's starting to set and I know I got to start heading back and, you know, I might not have caught as many fish as I went and all of a sudden I'm working that thing way too fast, you know, yep. cast. Oh, no, no, no. Cast again. Oh, no, no. Cast. And before I, you know, and it, um, it's self-defeating really at that point. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's that, it's that crutch between, you know, uh, is it the number of casts that I get in there? Cause you're playing the statistics. Like that's a, a lot of times in tournaments, that's kind of what I'm thinking. You know, as long as I'm getting the, the bait in the water more, I got a better chance of at least catching some fish. But and, and a lot of times we remove accuracy out of that because you're in a hurry or you, re, or you remove the, the, the fact that the, you stop listening to the fish telling you what, what they want. So the, that's probably the biggest one at least that I see with newcomers is they're trying to whatever artificial bait we're using, they're trying to do too much with it. Um, outside of, you know, you're holding the spinning rod upside down or something, <laughs> you know, those, those are, those are the big ones. Okay. But uh, yeah. And, you know, I do take intermediate and advanced folks out too. And, and um, you know, sometimes I think for the advanced, a little more advanced folks, um, they think they know it all. Like they've, they've, and that's, you know, it's probably more common in our, my male customers than in female because they've, and I think that's maybe the same way if you're, you know, shooting or that sort of thing. Your father taught them how to do it and, and they've got, you know, they have a certain level of skill set. They've caught a lot of big fish before and um, they don't really want to listen. So, and I try not to fish too much. Like I'll, I'll fish with other customers. Um, but I don't, I don't say, Hey, I'm going to, is it okay if I go and fish? But if they haven't caught anything in a while, especially if it's kids, I'll try to catch something and let them pull it in. But, um, uh, I will fish to try to figure out the technique that the fish want at that time, because they're just not as used to, to letting the fish tell them, tell the, 
tell you uh, kind of what they what they want at that time. So, but yeah, that's probably for the more advanced. I know this is for noobs, but all, all yeah, the we cover are, the whole spectrum. Yeah, so. the newbies are going to get better, and they're going to be intermediates and advanced. And I would still call myself an intermediate. You know, and I'm I'm humble that way. You know, I've I've had some success in the tournament trails and that sort of thing. So I don't, but I still consider myself new and still have so much to to learn. But um, irregardless of that, you know the you got to listen to the fish and you can't listen to your father who taught you how to do something 20 years ago necessarily. I mean, you should listen to your parents, folks. <laughs> kids, kids, listen to your parents. Sorry. But, you know, also take that with, with a little grain of salt here, you know, cause it's a new day and the fish are going to be doing something different. Now you mentioned too, um, you know, the difference between guiding on a lake versus a, a river. Are you, trying to teach a little bit of paddling and boat control when you're on moving water like that? Yeah. I always start off with that, you know, try to gauge people's experience. And it's also why I bring a trolling motor, not just because if they're getting, getting tired, but sometimes I can put them in a, in a, a better situation than, than what they can paddle in. Mm-hmm. And, um, boat control is, is so important in, in a river just for their own safety. Usually. I mean, that's, you know, safety is the number one thing. I don't want to get people, you know, in it, it's not just about a bad experience, but it can be a dangerous experience. Even though the Santa Fe River looks like it moves pretty slow, there's certain sections of it where it can it can be. It's not rapids or anything, but um, and it, it's not a very wide river, so you you couldn't get in too much trouble. But um, the water does move quickly in some areas, especially if we've gotten a lot of rain through there. So yeah, we definitely try to do some paddle. Um, little paddling up front. I stay with them really close at the beginning um, in particular, unless they've shown me or told me they have different types of skills uh, for it. But for newbies, yeah, we always try to do that. We do a, a shoreline introduction and it's tough because they want to get right on the water as soon as you see the boats, <laughs> right? So try to keep that limited to let's have a good day and not drown. And then when we get on the water, let's you know, let's start catching some fish and showing you how, how to move. But the Santa Fe river is still pretty chill. Like I like, you know, it's, it's well known for people just to float down it, you know, and it's, it's connected to the Itchituckney river. And that's really, it's a college hangout there. Like if, if it was an awesome experience as a college student to go down this crystal clear, crystal clear water. I mean, 50 feet you could probably see wow. in the water. Wow. I mean, in some of these deep holes. And, uh, you know, if somebody wanted an adult beverage, I'm sure they brought it along on their, you know, uh, on a raft and that sort of thing. Floating it's, it's cooler a, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. It's a great experience. It's just not, you know, I'm too old for that stuff now, but at the, at the end of the day, it's, it is an awesome experience, but it's, um, a good fishing experience too. People don't think, think about that. Um, yeah. So, but it, it's different. It's different than the lake. Like the lake, you could float around and that is a totally different, you know, you usually got to go find the fish and certain sections of the river I know really better than others. And, and I can almost tell you, not quite, but almost tell you, you know, where they're going to be and how to fish for them. But the boat control is so important because if you're trying to fish behind, you know, an eddy that's behind a fallen branch or, you know, fallen tree, you know, you got one or two shots at it, really. If you're if you don't have good boat control, you're gonna keep you're gonna keep moving down the river. 
Looks right. like Sean froze up there a little bit on my oh. computer. You there? You, I'm here. Can you hear okay. me? Yeah, okay. we're good. Okay, cool. <laughs> Interesting. So, well, and you mentioned, um, you know, not seasons so much. So, do the bass move around? Like on the lake, you said you have to find them, but in the river, like here, you know, we have wintering holes and and that kind yep. of thing. But do they generally, if you find them, you know, in January, are they going to be there in June? No, I mean that's that's one thing that one of the things that I try to that I'm trying to do for the researchers here at University of Florida and, and other colleges is when when I make a catch, I try to record where it's at, the GPS location if I can, and and that's part of my experience with the guests too. I don't do it for every fish that we catch, but if we catch a pretty good one or even some small ones, or we only catch one or two in the day, we'll still measure them out, um, try to get a girth on them, and provide data to the researcher because they really don't know where they go um, in every month. So they have good ideas and I have some good ideas, but, but there's no technical data that really, I mean, they follow the bait, right? And the crustaceans. And there's, if you get a big rainstorm up in near Okefenokee swamp in Georgia, you know, you could get no rain here in Gainesville. You get a big rainstorm there, and now the water is really moving. And so flow rates are pretty significant for the Sewanee bass on where, and that's what they believe, what they're doing and how they're behaving. Where, they're, so they're, they're not so much, you know, moon phases or even the season so much. So, like, sometimes in September, they've seen – um, after a big hurricane rainstorm and now the water's finally settling down. So it's not as muddy, uh, in there. They'll, they'll have a certain number of fish start spawning. They'll, they'll start bedding up and so forth, which is really unusual. Like, why are you doing it this time of year? It's totally off. You know, it's, we're way past, you know, April, May, and June when you would yeah. be really doing it. So they think that now the flow rate has changed so significantly that it's triggering these fish to, Hey, we're going to, yeah, now I'm not sure if they're not sure if it's a full spawn or anything, but they start to show behaviors based on, you know, breeding behaviors based on flow rates instead of, uh, what you would naturally think is, you know, whether a moon phase or daylight and dusk and, and that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really, it's really neat because the water temperature doesn't change that much either. So it's about 72 degrees, you know, probably goes up or down you know, five degrees on either side of that, um, wow. through, that's through the crazy. season. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that's one reason why they, the, the spawning in that season is, has changed or changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not, I'm not a Santa Fe river researcher, so I may have misspoke. So if some researcher watches this and decides they want to troll your podcast, and say, <laughs> he's wrong. Okay. Wouldn't be the first time wrong. now. <laughs> yeah. This is just my, just my own experience. Uh, and, and talking to a few specialists at fish and wildlife and so forth. So it's interesting. You said about that. Like, uh, I know in my neck of the woods, um, they just started a, uh, they call it the blotchy, ba- blotchy bass tournament. And so it's a, done by a group of researchers that put this app together where they give out prizes and stuff. Um, but they're trying to track um, where, you know, if you ever seen the the bass from like maybe the Susquehanna River, they have like the black splotches on them. And they're yeah, trying yeah. to study causes and, and locations and stuff. So the way they do that is they, they develop this cool app and it, it's a, it's tournament based. They call it a tournament, but you don't really win by catching the most bass. You They give out kind of almost random prizes. Cool. Um, 
but uh, you you know you 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 take your photos, you measure, and it, it takes your GPS uh, through the app, and it all goes to this research. Um, through, oh, uh, I forget who does cool. it, but yeah, it's really neat. Send me that, man. We could start that down here. That'd be you really good. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I will. I will send you that. So uh, um, let me put a note here to remind myself of that. But yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll send you that in Messenger. What an awesome yeah. idea! And it could, I could you know, maybe get a little more business from that too. So that'd be there cool. you go. There you yeah. go. I'm uh, waiting for the day for companies and I'm sure there's somebody who may have trialed or something like this, but you know, I don't know if you guys ever uh, saw like the specials during shark shark week when they went out and tagged certain sharks or whatever to track them. I and mean, I'm just like, why haven't we done that with like, you know, bass and stuff like that to really, truly like learn their behaviors and learn where they really go? Like what happens when a bass is, you know, caught on a big lake and, you know, taken and dumped out in this area? Does it find its way back? How soon does it find its way back? You know, like what, you know, all these different things I'm just curious about. <laughs> well, I think it does happen. I mean, it, it, the, you, I mean, the University of Florida Fisheries Department, I would say, you know, they're they're my guide point on that. But I don't think you hear about it much in the the bass tournament or, you know, it's just not. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. I don't know. Unless you're talking about a lure, about how to catch those particular ones, it's, mm -mm -mm. It's, it's, you don't hear about it as much. Now, Universe yeah. or, or Fish and Game down here, one of the things they did is they tagged some huge trophy fish part of their trophy bass program and they released them in like five or ten lakes here and then you got certain you got a certain prize if you if you there. caught this one with a pink tag coming out of it now i you know they don't i think they should be taking data with that so they, i'm sure they know mm -hmm. what lake it's from but um whether it gets re-released you win again i mean it's serious it's like serious money it's like five thousand dollars worth of prizes wow. or something Holy like that cow. yeah wow. I, I could be wrong but it's in the thousands for sure um so it's a great way to encourage people to get out there and fish you know that's their goal is you say want more licenses which is not a bad thing necessarily as long as it goes back to you know to helping you know people catch poachers or whatever um and to to help expand their the the clientele uh as well so um but yeah, I would like, I would love to, I think that's where, you know, th and there's, don't get me wrong. There are Florida friendly, um, certified guides who do, who, who do the, the boats as well, both bass. And you see it mostly in saltwater, um, here, uh, in our, in our state. And they're really good. And they, part of our responsibility is to, um, it's a volunteer responsibility, but is to help share information and data if we can so i just don't i'm in the central florida so going 45 minutes to an hour just to get to the coast is just not a good business model for me so i try to you know stay a little bit 
lo- local. Well, I haven't had as many customers lately, so maybe I, I will have to go to the coast. <laughs> I don't know. There's more tourists there maybe, so I could I could consider that. But um, it, I, I really, I love inshore fishing too, but yeah, I just, you know, I, I stay where I'm happy, which is freshwater right now. I would think that would be a whole another learning curve altogether too. Oh, uh, geez. Yeah. Just, uh, we have, a uh, uh, Dustin, um, Dustin does our saltwater segment and listening to his show. I'm just like, yeah, I have so much to learn about <laughs> inshore fishing. It's, it's kind of ridiculous. So, yeah. I mean, once you, I mean, the, it's tides based, right. You know, if, you know, for the most part, you could get almost just sit around and read a book you know, for, for a while until you catch the right tide. And then you can get on them for a long time, like catch a lot more fish. Like I could fish eight hours and be happy with five bites. You know, there's a lot of inshore fishermen who are like, what, why do you do that? This is a total waste of time. You know, I need 50 bites in an hour or something. And, and so I, I respect that. I can really, I can appreciate it. It's just not same type of experience when I'm out there and I'm not getting any bites, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying watching what the eagles are doing or you know trying to figure out how the wind is you know maybe changing where these fish move so constantly mentally having a conversation so you know it's funny because my wife says even when i'm i'll be driving like i'll drive down to okeechobee it's like three and a half four hours down down there and i never turn on the radio she's always asked me like you know why why don't you listen to radio because i'm on the phone with her or something you know she's asking if i'm safe and uh I'm just like, cause I'm thinking about fishing. I'm thinking about where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. Do I need, did I tie this correctly? The FG knot? How many times can I screw that up? You know, all that. So, so yeah, I guess, you know, it's part of that dopamine rush that just continues to go uh, even when I'm not on the water, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's what I mean. It's a different, and every, if you've been on a kayak and if you've been involved with kayak fishing or do what you guys do, you know it. I mean, it's, I guess it's not an addiction if you're, unless you're trying to quit and I'm not trying to quit. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why would I quit at it? I'm good at it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not really hurting anybody. Maybe my wallet a little bit, but um, that's okay. Yeah. All right. I, I like well, to think um, I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. I, so I like I like to think of maybe I'm helping other people stay employed by buying all their lures. So. <laughs> right, I'm definitely doing a good job. I'm putting some mm-hmm. uh, lure makers' kids through college. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Buzz. Well, um, anything else you want to cover? I know I want to give you a chance to just shout out, like like you said, where folks can find you uh, again, just to make sure. Um, and for any of you guys listening who are interested in. Um, uh, looking buzz up we'll definitely have all uh the links and stuff in the show notes but uh there you can see in the background there um yeah my phone number is 352-448-8101 that's my business number um and kingfisher kayak adventures uh, dot com that's uh it's the same thing for my instagram and my facebook accounts my i have most followers really on my my personal um, Facebook accounts, Beeline Fishing, but I spell it a little different. It's B-E-E-L-I-N-E Fishing. That's on my Instagram page. That probably has the most followers. And I try to lead people to Kingfisher Kayak Adventures. I actually post on my personal one because that's what I started with, I guess, before I did. I probably do that more often. But Or Buzz Burline uh, on Facebook. So just look up Buzz. 
buzz fishing or something like that, you'll usually see me. I have a, <laughs> uh, just started a YouTube page not too long ago. Um, and that's Kingfisher kayak adventures as well. Um, have a, I have a couple more getting ready to post post out, but, um, team new canoe certainly want to thank them. Been very supportive of my, um, of my career in fishing, um, the, and, and the dealers that I work with here, Rum 138 here in, in, uh, the Gainesville area, beach basement kayaks and, uh, St. Augustine paddle sports. Those are the ones I kind of try to support because they all sell new canoes here. Then, um, you know, the Florida friendly fishing, uh, program with the university of Florida and, and, you know, um, supported by, uh, fishing game. Here's an important one to me. Um, gill fishing, uh, St. Croix rods. They've been very generous with the, uh, with the field guide program there. Um, let's see. Oh, stream. So stream to see sunscreen kind of fits my mm. needs for my bald head. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But that is also stream to see. So you can get 20% off if you use make a beeline to um, make a beeline is kind of my discount code on that. But that is the only proven sunscreen. And I mean, tested and proven not to kill fish or harm coral. All these others are supposed to be reef safe and so forth. They've never been tested for that. They just make, they just make that little statement up. Mm -hmm. But um, I would highly recommend it. It's a little more expensive, but it really works well. So if you don't want skin cancer and you're in Florida, which there's a lot of it, um, I would, I would recommend that or, um, or just get a great hat like the shelter hats. Shelter hats <laughs> has been a company that I use, um, that I've been using for a long time and all my part, I'm certainly looking for other partners out there. So if, if you're really interested, uh, I'll try your product. If I really like it, that's, that's the key thing. I'm just not going to throw out certain companies, you know, just cause you asked me to or whatever, I, I really need, need to like it and I'll test it and, and test it in advance. Uh, so if you really want your stuff tested, you want an honest opinion, I'm happy to help. And, and, um, gosh, am I, I could be forgetting someone. I do apologize if I've forgotten somebody out there, but you can go to my website and see my partners. They're all on there, uh, at Kingfisher kayak adventures.com. Awesome. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, thanks for all the great info. Um, yeah. I, I I will seriously uh, if I can talk the wife into uh, letting me escape a little bit while I'm down that way. I uh, I might look you up in uh, June. So hey, and you don't have to come all the way up here. I can come to you if you're in Orlando area. You just have you just have half a day or something like that. We can pick up Harris Chain or something else that's around there. I know I know some other spots, so I can come to you. Um, yeah, after a week straight of me, they might be sick of me, you know. So that might be a good yeah, one. yeah, they might send you to me. Right? Yeah, get out of here, Sean. Either that or like, if you talk about wanting to go fishing down here one more time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, cool, man. Well, uh, again, thank you so much. Um, thank you for uh, kind of the last minute, and I, I, I always tell uh, folks I hate doing that to them, but uh, you were like stepped right up to the plate, and you're like, heck yeah, let's get this done. So. I truly awesome. appreciate that too, because that is super helpful. So, hey, I'm happy to do it. Whether it's this subject or it's a different subject, you know, uh, let me know anytime. Happy to do it, and um, you know, just just trying to help support back uh, the people who supported me. Brian Schiller, you know, as soon as you told me, hey, Brian gave me your name, 
you know, the, the answer is pretty much going to be yes. You know, he's, he's got, he's been a great team new canoe member and a good friend. And, and, uh, yeah, I hope you guys like him too. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's all right guy. He's all right guy. <laughs> good, good. He's I'm glad to hear that. He's awesome. Good, good. All right, guys. Well, um, thanks again for coming on. Uh, if you're interested in uh, checking out Buzz, uh, make sure you check out the the show notes for this show. And um, Susie, do you have anything else? Uh, no, that's pretty much all I got. Thanks again, Buzz. Uh, happy to hear about all your awesome adventures and everything and yeah wish the best of luck to you yeah likewise enjoy the peak and snow <laughs> <laughs> like that's a thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> come on down and see right. me thanks a lot guys uh, yeah thank you so much buzz um best of luck in future endeavors and uh look forward to having you back on at some point so i'd love that thanks all right, guys, this has been another episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Until next time, have a good night. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Fin. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures. Your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina. The beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today. Join Waypoint TV's Great Outdoors Month celebration presented by Battery Tender every Tuesday and Sunday in June from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Enjoy fishing and hunting content that will inspire you to get outside, but also to take action in preserving the land and water that allows us to do what we love most. Tuesdays and Sundays in June starting at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.